0: That's a sort of freedom like an intrinsic knowledge like you are part ocean ocean is part you you have salt water in your body you are a part of this
1: Oceans Life Underwater a new podcast all about the oceans and the mind-blowing life within them
0: subscribe now to Oceans Life Underwater on your favorite podcast app This episode is sponsored by Hinge, the app designed to be deleted. Laura,
1: can I ask you a question? Always. Please tell me why guys should date me. And just so you know, I'm going to record your answer. Because I can use this on Hinge because they've got this thing. It's like a voice prompt where you can ask your friends for their take on why people should date
0: you, which I just think is great. Okay, people should date you because, oh, you are just the most beautiful soul. You're like a rainbow in human form you're just so pure and sweet and you find the good in everyone anyone would be so lucky to have you i
1: promise you it wasn't for the ego trip okay and it's just it's so much easier as well when you're dating it's so difficult to pull out like the nice things about you it's like writing a job profile isn't it getting the friends involved it's great for a confidence boost but then also to see what other people say
0: about you thanks again to hinge for sponsoring this episode of go love yourself and don't forget to download hinge and give the voice prompts a try This is a crowd podcast.
1: Welcome to Go Love Yourself.
2: It sounds really sadistic, but everyone comes in, they are absolutely terrified, and we say, look, don't worry, there's no nudity, you'll bring like a bikini or something that you wear over the top of your clothes. By the end, they're like, oh, for the next one, can we do nudity? You're like, what happened to
1: you over the course of this hour? Right, Laura, I don't think I've ever felt more (laughs) sort of famous in my life. (laughs) then at the weekend when we went to go and see Aubrey Gordon's film Your Fat Friend and there were so many go love yourself people in the audience as well who came to say hi
0: oh no it was so lovely to meet so many of you thank you if you came and said hello and sorry if you saw me acting very strangely I was (laughs) like (laughs) giddy with excitement and Aubrey Gordon is just a hero of mine I love her writing I just love everything about her I want to be her basically so yeah so she's a big hero of mine um anyway and she's got this film out and it's like an indie film I guess isn't
1: it yes like a little independent film and it kind of follows what six years of her life six
0: years Mm. yeah it talks all about like anti-fat bias weight stigma why diets don't work she the funniest bit for me she's it's actually really funny as well like as as, you know heartwarming and it massively made us cry at the end no spoilers don't (laughs) worry um she was she collects vintage diet books and my favorite (laughs) one (laughs) so she pulled one from her shelf and the diet was what would jesus eat uh that was a personal favorite a there were there were there were quite a few mm. anyway the the film is is so so poignant and so funny it made me feel really seen really validated uh and it's out i think it's out like the 7th feb early february and it's going to be in like 150 cinemas so yeah i just wanted to kind of this. It's not very often that films get made about fat people that aren't, like, the whale. Yeah, <laughs> uh, do you know? Where yeah. we're just kind of playing into this awful stereotype. Uh, and I think it's something that everyone should see, honestly, whatever your mm-hmm. size. I just, yeah, it's had a really profound effect on me. I, I just, I loved it. I loved meeting Aubrey. Fucking fangirls so hard. Gave us some mini eggs. Like, oh, my God, it was just the best night of my life.
1: I have never seen Laura... Th- like that in my life so after the film there was a Q&A with Aubrey Gordon there it was so good and then afterwards she was sort of signing books and things and it was queue up to meet her we knew there was going to be a queue and Laura was kind of doing the social thing of like oh I'm not sure I'm not sure and I was like are you shush I we are making this happen we stood in that queue for maybe an hour I don't know and I have never seen you like that in my life you were so excited to meet her and it was just incredible Aubrey Gordon is I think one of the most important people working against anti-fat bias right now. Her books, yeah. her writing. 100%. The Maintenance Phase podcast. We've had her on this podcast. I'm, I'm actually going to go and re- probably re-listen to that episode. I'm going to go and re-listen to all of Maintenance Phase. That film... There are no, like, we we ended, we were bawling. I've never seen Mm. you cry like that at the end. Mm. We may talk about the film a little bit more once it's out because we don't want to give any spoilers, but it was really like, holy shit. And I don't think I've been that impacted by a film for a long time. And like you said, I think everyone should see it fat people and thin people should
0: go and see this film so moving on to today's episode uh it's the first episode since dry january is finished for a lot of you lovely listeners so we thought we would have a chat today with a sobriety expert about our relationship with alcohol how it affects our health mental and physical and the social pressures of alcohol too
1: I'm so excited for this chat. This is something very different out the box for us a little bit, but I think it's really important there's been a lot of people in the last few years talking about going sober or just stopping drinking. And I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen. So Laura, we've talked a little bit about our kind of relationships with alcohol. Where mm. where where do you sit? Where have you been?
0: Where do you sit now? I sit in the camp of I I really enjoy the odd drink and if I sort of fancy one, I'll go for it and if I'm out and I'm in a pub garden and it's sunny and I'll have a shandy the, the majority of time I drink is because of social pressure too, when mm. I don't really want to and so I'm going to really try and stop that and I'm hoping this episode is going to kind of help me to be able to be a bit more authoritative in order to just kind of say no I don't want to drink just because I don't fancy it rather than yeah. there being a reason but yeah I'm not a massive drinker. I used to be I used to be I would not say a binge drinker. No, I would. Um, at university, I definitely drank a lot. Uh, I can't deal with hangovers now. I can't be bothered. I just like the odd one. And mm. I, love I like a nice cocktail.
1: Mm. What about you? Yeah, I'm the same. I, I, like, I've talked about it loads. I was such a party girl back in the day. And would you know, at uni, we were going out five nights a week. And it... It was never even a thing about not to drink. You drunk. And I drank because I wanted to. And then in my 20s, I was going out all the time. And up until probably a year ago, I was still going out maybe a few times a year, binge drinking, going to like bottomless brunches, but having fun. And I don't drink anymore, but it's not been like a, a conscious decision. It's just like, I don't like the taste of alcohol I never have you know when you said like going to a pub garden and sit there with like a shandy by the way shandy um what's wrong <laughs> like, with a shandy the, shandy reminds me of my dad it's quite cute there's nothing wrong with a lager shandy little, little fuss shandy little shandy bag lager <laughs> top so going to like a pub garden or going out for a nice meal or the thing that people talk of when they're like oh i just want a nice drink mine's a diet coke and there's nothing
0: wrong with that that's
1: what i'm saying yeah and i'm not yeah. i don't get that thing to like go and have like a glass of wine i was like i want a cold pint of diet coke with a ton of ice in it nice Drink. yeah nice. and also yeah. i drive i get I've, I've get car sick now and i drive i live sort of half an hour away from all my friends so i drive everywhere i'm just not bothered mm. but the thing is there's this is the difference that this hasn't been a conscious decision this hasn't been to do with my health mental or physical it's just it's more convenient and i also like you i don't i'm 35 matt i can't deal with the hangovers like i used to Mm. and i get always get quite vomit when
0: i drink lovely thank you for that mental image
1: yeah do you know and i just don't i don't want to i don't want to do that anymore it doesn't make me feel nice so i go out with my friends as i used to but i just don't drink
0: yeah and we're all about on this podcast you know doing what brings you joy um and being the best version of you and being your authentic self Did you know that you can now get an extra episode of Go Love Yourself every week, as well as ad-free and early releases? You totally can, so you can get more of this. Honestly, I was heartbroken
1: after our wedding. Fun fact, everyone, I was actually only invited to the evening.
0: I'm expecting to give
1: you away next time, do you know what I'm saying?
0: (laughs) (laughs) More of us.
1: Can I just say... Once more, Laura Adlington, it wasn't me <laughs> being fingered or doing the fingering. Yeah. No, I believe you. And even more of this.
0: You thought I was going to let you get away with I that. Did, and on a normal, normal episode, Smithy, I would. I did. However, this is a subscriber Shit. episode <laughs> and I'm not letting you get away with nothing. <laughs> and it's all for just one pound a week. Check the episode description now to subscribe. Oh, this is really fun. This is more fun than a normal <laughs> episodes. <laughs> <laughs> this <laughs> has got to be worth a quid, right? <laughs> So, really excited to welcome to the podcast Millie Gooch, who is the founder of the Sober Girl Society. Welcome, Millie.
1: First of all, hi Millie, how are you? But second of all, a revelation literally 13 seconds ago, right everyone? Honestly, we got onto this call to record the podcast. Turns out Laura and Millie <laughs> know each other. No one knew. I didn't know, producer Vicky didn't know. Tell us what's happening, people. <laughs> so,
0: uh, the revelation is that I actually went to school with with Millie. You were 2 years younger than me, weren't you? Uh, the yeah. two years below but I actually went to primary school with Millie's brother James hi James you won't be listening to this
2: <laughs> hi brother James <laughs> shout out James who I don't think listens to any of my podcasts so <laughs> I will have to send him those
0: well, I, I, I very much doubt my brother listens either but um, I do have a really embarrassing story to share about your well it's about me but it, it actually involves your brother if, if you want to hear it
2: Absolutely, there is nothing I want to hear more.
0: So uh, I remember I was—I'm sure this was like a year six leaving party that your brother had at his house. Do do you mean at Millie's house? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your house, yeah. And I was invited, and I never got invited to parties because I wasn't cool. So I was like, I've been invited to a party oh, everyone anyway and I went upstairs and I had a wee and your brother walked in on me with my like <gasps> trousers down and mid wee and oh, when you're no. 11 that is the most mortifying thing that can happen and everyone laughed and I, I had to oh, off no. my laugh completely after go home
2: <laughs> no <laughs> oh my god where was I was I just like chilling in my room I have no like, you idea
0: sure? I think he must uh, I would have yeah. come
2: and rescued you <laughs> yeah, I'm
0: sure you would have done it's
2: probably yeah. one of those stories that you really remember it I bet if mm. I ask him he'll probably have no idea yeah,
0: I'm sure he wouldn't I hope not anyway I hope it's not how he remembers me yeah I once caught her with her pants yeah. down
2: <laughs> yeah. I'll ask him he'll be like yeah he'll be like oh yeah that girl I know her yeah the one that was a fake Off yeah I caught her with her pants down that weird story <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> oh, anyway, <I> like <laughs> we digress. Um, welcome, Millie. Um, I would really, really love to start the the podcast by uh, asking a bit about you um, and a little bit about your story and and how you kind of came to this place of sobriety that's all right yeah
2: of course so I grew up in Gravesend Woo-hoo! alongside you <laughs> Yeah. with my brother who caught you in with your pants down but I um basically went to uni when I was like 18 so when I was younger I wasn't really a big drinker like a lot of my friends were quite big drinkers used to do the whole like 14 drunk at a park um but I used to do competitive dancing so I was like every single weekend just like dance competitions my life was a bit like toddlers and tiaras just on the road constantly being spray tanned from like the age of eight (laughs) which my mum always says like no that didn't happen I'm like well it absolutely did (laughs) (laughs) and then so yeah I went to uni and really got indoctrinated into like nightlife culture really quickly so I went to work in a vodka revolutions I went to work in a bar that basically exclusively sold shots and Jager bombs um, and just really started drinking I think for the first time in my life I'd come from like quite a small town where like everyone knows everyone and I'd always had my friends and now all of a sudden for like the first time as was like an adult human and I was like having to talk to people and bond with people and just didn't really have the confidence to kind of go out there and make friends and really turn to alcohol and I always say it kind of really slowly morphed from something that I just did because everyone else was to something that I started using for like confidence in social situations and I know if I was feeling insecure or I was wearing an outfit and I didn't like the way I looked, I I would drink through it. And it just kind of steadily got worse. So like by third year, all my friends were like taking their studies really seriously. And I just wanted to go out and get pissed all the time. That's all I wanted to do. And then I left uni, went to work in PR and then went to work in journalism and both were like really booze heavy industries. And my drinking just got a lot worse. And it got to the point where it was really affecting my mental health. So I was really struggling with like anxiety, depression, was just in this like revolving cycle of like going out getting drunk having the world's worst beer fear the next day like not remembering what I'd said what I'd done and then just doing it all over and over again it was like I was like dory from finding Nemo I just like forgot how much it was kind of ruining my life and by Thursday I'd be like yeah going out and getting drunk sounds like a great idea and I was putting myself in like stupid situations really like vulnerable situations as well like I was still living in Kent so I was commuting back from London to Kent and like falling asleep on the train and ending up in Dover Priory like it was just getting a bit ridiculous Mm. and yeah everyone was kind of worried about me but at the same time not like it was a really strange place to be because I was like early 20s people were worried about me putting myself in a dangerous situation but were also at the same time like oh you know you're young and you go out and you party and that's what you do Um, and then I got to I was 26 when I decided that I was gonna stop drinking I went out in Maidstone had the worst hangover woke up next day and just said like can't do this anymore I was just so miserable from drinking and it's all I was doing and my entire personality had become like being the party girl and you know leading everyone out on a night out and I just it was making me miserable it was making me so miserable so I decided I was going to give up drinking and six years later it'll be in February um
1: I have still not drunk so yeah amazing sort of backstory well
0: done you that was fantastic I
1: I just think just just from the start of your story like there's so many parallels between like your story, definitely mine, and also lots of people listening. But in the way that it's really interesting, and this is why I was really intrigued to do this episode, because I was same as you like going out all the time da, 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 and you know, the hangovers just were hangovers, and you went out all the time because that's what you did and everyone did it. And honestly, it was just never really a thought about it. So I just I think the parallels between that story and then the light bulbs going off in your head be like, oh you know, you don't have to if you don't want to and and the, you know, the anxiety and stuff like that. Yeah, you've already blown my mind a little bit because I just think, yeah, the parallels of your story is really interesting. And, you know, is that what led you to your next venture? Which, by the way, I just think is incredible. Tell us all about it.
2: Thank you. Um, Yeah, it was. So, and it's really weird. I always say I kind of started Saber Girl Society really selfishly because it was something that I felt like I needed. Because when I when I stopped drinking I did not know a single other sober person like all my friends around me drunk and the only kind of depictions I had of people that gave up drinking were what I'd seen on TV which was that it was like 60 year old men so I thought Mm. you know if I go into an AA room and now I know so much about AA and I've got friends that have gone through the program swear by the program and I, I know that for a fact that this isn't the case but having no one around me to tell me any Differently, I just thought if I go into an AA meeting and say, "Look, I can go like a week without drinking, but when I do drink, I, it just always gets out of hand, and I just end up ruining my life." I just thought that they kind of laugh me out the room and be like, "Oh, like you know, get a grip. You're not a real drinker." So I just didn't have any idea, but I I wanted to find other people that were going through what I was going through. I always say, like, you know, if you're like the only single one and your friends are all in relationships, and they can give you advice about dating, and they can be really like well-meaning with their advice, Mm. but you're like, oh, you just don't get it. And I was kind of like thinking, like my friends in the end were really supportive, but initially a bit ambivalent. And I think I just wanted to meet other people and, talk about what was like I was going through and wanted to feel less alone so we started Supergirl Society as literally just a page to talk about sobriety and yeah ended up it just ended up snowballing like I had no idea it would become a full-time job I'd had had no idea we'd be like running events up and down the country I, to me it was just going to be me meeting up with five girls for mocktails on a Friday night and <laughs> it just escalated <laughs> it just got me out of hand to be honest.
0: I uh I, I find your story so interesting and I I sort of um I, I mean selfishly wanted you on the podcast just to talk about your brother but also um, <laughs> because I was I was having a conversation uh, with Matt just before Christmas and I was saying do you know what like I don't feel like I want to drink anymore and I, I sort of feel like I don't really enjoy it I don't like the taste I don't like how it makes me feel it makes me feel like hot and kind of a bit sick and a bit like out of it but not in a good way I like the odd tipple but it's the social pressure is why I drink and also for me personally and this is a bit left field I don't know if anyone listening will relate to this but for a long time I would in social situations drink because I didn't want the question of are you pregnant and so I felt like again like I had to drink and I feel like we live in such a weird culture in this country like maybe it's not just the UK but the culture is so strange isn't it that if you don't drink your other well it's like well why are you pregnant are you ill are you on antibiotics and it's it's seen as a real like you're a fun sponge basically. yeah literally like, oh why are you not drinking tonight oh, so so like, god what are you drinking it's so yeah. boring like how do we change that narrative like have you got any
2: advice i mean i'm i'm really trying it's a hard it's a hard one to tackle because i think it's so ingrained like alcohol has so like much history to it as well and like you're you're kind of fighting with a lot of that but the pregnancy one is especially for women it is out of control i was at a restaurant and like ordered a non-alcoholic drink and the waiter came over and gave it to me and said oh congratulations
1: no stop what? it
2: yeah and the person i was with bless them very naive were like oh my god they're congratulating you on being sober i was like no 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 no, you, the answer, you misread the situation yeah i was like i think you've misread the situation there um and yeah i just couldn't believe it i'm you You know when you're so shocked? Now I'm like, I should have just said Mm. something, but at the time I was so shocked, I couldn't even get my words out. That is a big one. And it's like the social pressure is so hard. I do think optimistically it's changing. And I think that that happens with having conversations. You know, it's it's the same around things like diet culture. It just the change happens by us talking about it. And it happens by prominent people talking about it. And I think over the last couple of years, there's been some really incredible, like big names coming out to talk about this. Like a, There was a big one I think it was about six months ago now. Tom Holland, aka Spider Man, did an interview and came out and talked about his drinking. And all of a sudden, like I was being asked to do radio shows, left, right, and center to talk about sobriety. And and people are, you know, thinking, "Oh, well, if Spider Man does <laughs> it, maybe I could mm-hmm. do it," which is is really cool. And I think that's that's the only way we're going to change it. Really, is just by having conversations like this. Mm-hmm. And I, I think changing those kind of preconceptions. Like I was on a Hindu. And it was my friend's sister that was organizing it. And after the hen do, her, uh, my friend said to me, oh, um, my sister said that she was actually really worried about you coming on the hen. She thought you were going to go around and yeah, be a bit of a fun sponge and lecture people. And she was like, she turned to me after the hen and was like, oh, Millie's actually really fun, isn't she? <laughs> and I was like, I've been trying to tell people. <laughs> I am all awesome. I've been trying to explain this. And I, I think that's that's all it is, It's having conversations like this. It's hearing that people talking about sobriety and not trying to take other people's alcohol away. like mm. that's, People think I'm trying to like convert people to my like teetotalism cult. Like that's that's not what I'm trying to do. It's just saying, look, if you are struggling or if you are thinking about it, there's help out here. This is how I did it. This is what's helped me. In the same way that you know when we talk about diet culture, you're not telling people, "Oh, like you can't do this and you can't do that." It's just saying, "Like this is my experience," and so yeah, I think I think that's that's the easiest way that we're going to change it, really, with conversations like this.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. I was wondering if there was like a correlation between kind of dieting and drinking because we know that in dieting deprivation doesn't work, but that seems to be kind of the opposite with alcohol. Would you say that's right? Yeah,
2: I think it is hard. I think I think what's really interesting actually is we think not drinking has parallels with like dieting weirdly. But actually when you look at it, like the alcohol industry has more parallels with the diet industry and that it's selling us a product that's potentially harmful for us for our benefit. When you when you look at it there's there's kind of more parallels that way. But abstaining completely can be really difficult for people because it, it it is like you know so socially wired within us and as soon as you tell someone that they can't have it instantly they want it more but it's it's hard to kind of parallel it with food because you need food to survive you like alcohol it's a drug so it, it's it's not really as comparable but it's there, there is a science out there that some people are natural moderators and some people are natural abstainers. So for some people, it's actually easier to abstain because mm. people always say to me like, oh, don't you find it really restrictive? Wouldn't you just want one or two? But I'm like, for me, moderation was like mental gymnastics. I was like tying myself up in knots of like trying not to drink that much, saying that, that I would only have one or two. And then, you know, going over that and feeling rubbish. And for me, abstaining was more like freedom because I was like, I haven't got to worry about all of those things. I don't need to count my units. I don't need to track how much I'm drinking. I don't need to feel bad when I go over that. And so there is like a a sort of idea out there that some people are natural abstainers. And I see it in my like entire life because I can't just watch one episode of Selling Sunsets. I have to watch all (laughs) eight in a row. Like it's just, it's not possible for me to like kind of moderate things. So... Uh, That with alcohol is is a really interesting one and that's why like a lot of the philosophy as well is around like kind of one day at a time, Mm -hmm. just like thinking about today and the next day. So it is hard and that's why I try not to come at it with like an, uh, you know, abstaining is the key because some people are different and some people moderation is easier and cutting down like I'm a big advocate for harm reduction talking about cutting down is just as important about talking about quitting. Yeah that's a
0: good point it's so individual isn't it like you say like for some people abstaining is not going to be the easier choice, but like for you, it was, I, and I really appreciate your honesty and vulnerability there. I think, for, but for a lot of people, I think cutting down probably even is scary, but a lot less scary. So um I like the way that you kind of saying, like you know, do what's right for you and and make it kind of manageable and break it break it down.
1: I was going to say this to you, and I'm so glad you said it. That the fact like being sober or, or cutting out alcohol again, I came at it, you know, same place as you Of the only time i would ever really heard about it was older men quitting alcohol because they kind of had to medically or something like that. Whereas now it's like the Dr. Alex's of the world. And I know Steph Ellswood has, has stopped alcohol and just talking about it from a terms of like, I've done it for my mental health as well. And there's these other benefits and that kind of that softer approach to it. I'm thinking of my friends listening to this podcast, basically the ones that like to drink alcohol and they like a glass of wine on a night out or, or for dinner or stuff like that. And that's, Fabulous. And then there's me and a couple of others like, don't really like the taste of it, not really bothered. That's all fine. It's all very individual what you want to do, if you want to continue, if you want to not, and how you look at that. And I love the softer approach to it of maybe it's just, yeah, just not for you. And other alternative things that you can do on nights out or going out on evenings out with your mates and stuff with no alcohol. And I love that's what you've created. And I just think it's great. Oh, thank you. Well, I want to get both of you down to maybe one of our events. Yes totally fine what are we doing what kind of tell me what things you do because I was looking earlier and I'm obsessed
2: (laughs) so we do a bit of everything so we we try and keep things really practical in terms of like we want people to actually go over skills that they can take into the real world so like when I started it and started running the meetups I I, because it was a community I was like well what do you guys want to do and people were saying things like you know actually I would love to drink less but I could not think of anything worse than getting on a dance floor sober so we were like okay let's counteract that so we started these like dance classes that are really just like fun and sassy and you see people come in they're like absolutely terrified and they leave like strutting out the door and I'm like that's what it's about and then we had People saying like, oh, I'm dating at the moment, but I feel really awkward on a date. I like don't know how to feel sexy. Like I used to have a glass of wine that used to make me feel sexy and relaxed. So we started running burlesque classes. Um, And then I met Steph as well. We were introduced because we were on a podcast and we got chatting and we were like, oh, we'll do like a really small scale event together. And then by the end of the call, we decided we were going to hire Ministry of Sound and show people that they could still, you know, be in a club sober. So we teamed up and now run Dry Dryden so it's like a yearly event in a club. So we can get you down to that as well. You don't
1: even understand. Because if I can just go and like have my girly time and like dance and like listen to the songs and stuff like that, I want that. And I just like not bothered about the hangover and I don't want to drink. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And the burlesque class is actually what I saw when I was looking at you guys today. And I remember this so much when we went when we were younger and we were going out and a lot of the girls like you said were drinking to have confidence to either talk to guys or to have sex for the first time um and I totally understand that but if you want to stop drinking but you're still worried that you you're not going to have that confidence it's building that confidence I was looking at those videos of those women who were just absolutely doing their thing at these burlesque classes please can I come to one um and I just think it's so brilliant and in a way that I had never thought of it in my little very naive brain I'm just like oh you know drinking is just for fun times but some people do use it for confidence and to to feel that confidence so you're doing so much more by putting on these classes that give people that confidence and bravery to go and do the things that they want to do. I just think it's great. Oh my God, please come. Honestly, you'll love it.
2: We do like a glove pill. So you take gloves off with your teeth. I oh, saw, so? that's
1: so sexy. <laughs> Yeah.
2: Do you know what as well? Like it sounds really sadistic, but everyone comes in, they are absolutely terrified. And we say, look, don't worry, there's no nudity. You'll bring like a bikini or something that you wear over the top of your clothes. By the end, they're like, oh, for the next one, can we do nudity? <laughs> You're like, what, how? Have- to you over the course of this hour (laughs) yeah they are just the best yeah I was actually it was one of my best friends hendus and I was I was on the Hendo, and I got chatting to her friend from uni that I'd never met before and I said oh what do you do and she said oh I'm a I'm a paralegal by day and then she was like but by night I'm a burlesque performer I was like do you do workshops she was like yes I was like perfect so (laughs) since then she's just been running workshops for us which is just great oh that's so cool
0: love that and it's funny you mentioned about hendus as well because i feel like that is the one thing as well like where it's like getting
1: added to that hendu group isn't it and it's just the sudden oh god what like i'm not gonna be able to see for drink for the like that three-day weekend Petrifying. So,
0: Millie, we actually have had loads of listener questions for you, but I do have one more question for you before we go into them, and I would love to know what the best things about being sober are.
2: Oh, do you know what? Whenever anyone asks me this question, I always sound like I've joined a cult because I just like (laughs) reel (laughs) laugh. I'm like, every part of my life is so much better. (laughs) But it it genuinely is like, uh, my relationships with my friend, my relationships with my family, my relationships with myself, like my finances are better, I have more time, I have more, like the list is just endless. But I, I genuinely think the best thing for me is like the improvement in my mental health. And that is not to say, you know, like, oh, I'm fantastic, I'm cured because you know, I have days just like everyone else. But I think the consistency, like when I was drinking, my life was just this roller coaster of like up, down, up, down, up, down. And now the days are just way more consistent. And if I do have like a real low day, I'm in the kind of mindset of I can get myself out of bed. I can get myself outside or I can call a friend. I can like do the bare minimum, which when I was drinking and hungover, I just I would just spiral. I could not like catch myself. I could not get back to being like feeling okay again and so that for me is is the best thing and just like being able to trust myself because well I I mean I don't know if you've ever been there but when I was drinking like some of the stupid shit that I would do when I was drinking I'd wake up my friends would tell me things I'd be like that a that's so embarrassing but b that person isn't me like on Mm. the last night that I was drinking my friend said as I was leaving the club this girl was wearing a hat and apparently I just took the hat off her head and launched it across the club I was like me in real life I'm actually scared to go and speak to people like I have social anxiety how am I going into clubs and launching people's like, hats across the rooms just like stupid stuff so I just love now that if I make mistakes and if I do stupid stuff it's stuff that I have decided to do and not a tequila fuel demon who yeah. has taken over my body
0: you're in control exactly. I think that conversations like this are so important and I hope that we continue to have these to show that like the whole drinking culture and I always want to say that lad culture as well like I think there's a lot of pressure on men I know obviously you've got sober girl society but I think there's so much pressure around like boys and men on, on like stag dudes and stuff like my <laughs> sister in laws boyfriend he just went on a three three day bender and they were literally drinking he said from six in the morning until two the next morning and then they would just literally rinse and repeat and again it's that so, sort of social expectation so I think we need to sort of stand that out and talk about the pros and benefits and also like you said it's an individual choice like if someone doesn't want to drink yeah. you don't then probe a million questions are you on antibiotics why are you pregnant just go okay cool no big deal yeah the more of us that do it I think the better
2: 100% that's what I'd love for this year to be the year that you don't need a why because if someone's not smoking if you turn down a cigarette you don't go oh why like you just yeah. know why someone's not smoking they don't want to so I would love it if we could get to a point where I just say am um, not drinking and
1: people don't go... Why? I think that's it, isn't it? It is. It's the pressure, and it's it's all an individual choice. And I know people listening to this won't want to stop drinking, or they do, or whatever. It's not really about that. It's the it's the all of us. They're not being like why, and because I have I haven't drunk socially with my friends for maybe like a couple of years now, maybe once or twice, and it's more because I now live away and I have to drive. But even if I'm sort of staying down at my mum's or something, they just don't ask, and it's so nice. Like maybe a few years ago, they would have done, and it would be like, why not? Oh, you can do this. You can stay here, and I'll pay for your taxi and all this. And I'm like, I just don't want to. Yeah. my moment of like I think I might be done with drinking for a little bit was um if anyone has ever thrown up in Charing Cross station public toilets that's quite a low and it was it made it was like 11 p.m and I was like on the floor lying on the floor of the public toilets in Charing Cross station I was like after throwing up in this random club and I was 32 or something I was like I just don't want to do this anymore yeah and so I don't feel the need to lie about it and my friends are now just like okay cool can you pick me up yeah <laughs> yeah that is it. that's the downside of being sober you do turn into a bit of an Uber driver but you do but, uh, but you know that and then my you know my friend's choice is that, if, is that they choose to drink on these nights out and I do pick them up I know that they get home safe and also they're fucking yeah. hilarious so it's all, it's all good say. it's win-win for everyone but um, yeah I just thought that was important to mention We had some listener questions. These are really good. And and this first one's really important uh, because there is a difference to what we're talking about, you know, choosing to not drink to perhaps talking about people who are more dependent on alcohol. And that's really important. But this isn't really what this podcast is about. This is a good question. So one of our listeners, Millie, has said, I stopped drinking about six months ago. Do you have any advice for navigating relationships with someone who is quite dependent on drinking? I decided to go sober after moving out of my parents' house because I saw how unhealthy their relationship was with alcohol. They now tease me about being sober, but pointing out their issues with alcohol seems like quite a big step.
2: Yeah, so it's such a hard one because when when you stop drinking and someone else is still drinking, you can't you can't ever lecture people, you can't ever preach. Like doing that will just put them off. There are some really incredible charities out there. So uh, Adfam is one and they provide a lot of help around talking to people who might be struggling with alcohol. And they have a bit of a system where it's like you really need to make it about you and not them. So like when you're drinking, this is how I feel. Not like you're doing this wrong, you're doing that. But also I think like by moving out, that's a really good, healthy boundary. And sometimes you do have to put those boundaries in and that's, you know, boundaries are not controlling other people's behavior they're about what you need so stepping away from that but I think if you check out some of those charities they can provide some excellent support same with like our non drink line there's so many places that you can ring for help and advice about someone else's drinking but I think it is about not lecturing and not
1: preaching because I think that is personally the worst thing that you can do in that situation Mm -hmm. And it can be difficult not to kind of because it can be quite a frustrating situation for the other person. And I just, yeah, just big love to anyone that's that's going through that right now. I know there'll be lots of people. I'm sure. Um, So just, yeah, Mm. I just wanted to send love to everyone that's going through that.
2: And I think what she's doing is great as well, because I think leading by example, I always say there were people in my life at the beginning who, like, just thought what I was doing was absolutely ridiculous. And then three years later, all of a sudden I get a text from them out of the blue, like, hey, I'm like three months sober now, which is incredible. And I just think her showcasing, like you know, you can do this thing without alcohol. And I think that's one of the best things that you can do as well, because people will see that and they'll want to emulate that.
0: So another question we had for you, Millie, Uh, one of our listeners says, my boyfriend doesn't drink anymore for mental health reasons. Is it wrong of me to drink alcohol in the house that we share?
2: I think it's totally personal. Mm. And I think it's about asking that person as well, what they're okay with. And you know, I don't personally mind people drinking around me. I think it would have been maybe harder at the beginning. So like for me, it's it's not an issue anymore. So it also maybe depends about where they are in that journey. But you've just got to have that, that conversation and communicate with them. They might be totally okay with it, like in the same way that I am. But some people might not be. And then that's about, you know, having a conversation of, okay, well, I'm not going to drink in front of you every day, but maybe on a Friday night, that's when I'm going to have a drink mm. and maybe there's yeah certain times when like oh okay maybe if you go out with the lads that's when I'll drink like I think I think it's just all about communication I think that is absolutely the key is just talking to that person and what they need like my friends are really good these days with with anything of communicating it's so like if we're going on a hen do, they're like oh we're gonna go for bottomless brunch is that all right and I'm like yeah that's absolutely fine I mean they don't they don't really do it anymore because they know like they know what I'm fine with and they know it's gotten easier over time as well but
1: I think uh, especially in that beginning stage it's just about working out what feels mm. right and I guess also a little bit advocating for yourself so in those situations if the you know if there is a bottomless brunch making sure that there's like a an alcohol-free option for you I know a lot of bottomless brunches don't do that I don't know I haven't been on one in a year um, and <laughs> but they might do now I'm hoping they do but you know your friends that aren't choosing to not drink or be sober they might not think about that so also being like oh can we go somewhere that has an alternative option or if you need to speak to the restaurant or the wherever making sure that they can do that for you I think that's that's it's annoying but in hindus as well as making sure that you're accommodated for is quite important Mm. I think yeah a hundred percent and I think like even like
2: eating and drinking is still like a social thing so if she is at home and she wants to have a drink make him a lovely alcohol-free drink like go Mm. out of your way to maybe get him a great alcohol-free beer that he loves or something like you can still make drinking a social thing even if you've got like different things in your glass I still love having a fancy alcohol free drink with my friends when
1: they're drinking so mm. you can include him that way as well oh yeah I love a fancy mocktail I still want the umbrellas and the sparklers yeah I just yeah
0: that's... <laughs> I love yeah. the thing for me is the taste of alcohol like I think wine tastes like piss I'm sorry I know I'm gonna offend <laughs> loads of people <laughs> but it does all right you're not wrong, <laughs> you're not wrong. and then um, I like yeah like the odd thing but I don't think alcohol really especially like in its raw form is that nice um yeah anyway i think mean, it's a bit overrated <laughs> i
1: agree i agree Millie. we had another question for you and i love this because you've already got fans among the go love yourself community um because someone said i love millie i discovered her last year and they want to know what is the best thing that's happened to you since being sober and i think that's such a lovely question <laughs>
2: Oh, what is the best thing that's happened to me? Uh, okay, so from from a work thing, I was actually oh god, this sounds like such a brag. I was given an award. Amazing. You, that is not a brag. You own that, girl. That's correct That's amazing. So I was awarded by the Research Society on alcoholism which for me is just incredible because you see these people publishing all these like incredible papers and whatnot, and you think God, they probably think my I do is so stupid. And um, I got I got the email, and they were like we We'd love you to come to florida and so they yeah flew me to florida i accepted my award and i went to harry potter world and oh went my to, god a, and that was the best day of my life so with, <laughs> yeah i think i think uh, i understand that was the thing. <laughs> yeah yeah so combined those two things they were like oh you know like you can get there on the day of the conference and i was like can i Possibly get there a day early, and they were like, "Yeah, absolutely. You want to see Florida?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yes. I want to see Florida." <laughs> I went straight to Harry Potter. <laughs> Miles,
1: yes, got, did.
2: On the, got on the rides, loved it. Honestly, best day ever. So yeah, I'd probably say that's the best thing that's happened to me since that, getting sober. Good for He's you. There, good ha- for you. Harry Potter really world happy. is so good, mate. <laughs> And I was on my own as well, like single rider. It oh, flew through the queue. Time. So
0: <laughs> All right, our final question for you, Millie, is uh, what to say when people ask, why are you not drinking?
2: Oh, so I always say, for me, it totally depends on how the question has been asked. So I always like want to have these conversations. And I'm kind of really happy to talk about it. So if someone says it in a genuine way, and a lot of people do because they're interested. So if someone's like, oh like why aren't you drinking or and I get the idea that they're kind of into it then I will just give them the whole story I'll be like wow I was so depressed blah, blah blah I'm like this is probably too much for a party um but I will just tell them the whole thing whereas if they ask it in a really like rude way of like why are you not drinking I'll just say I just don't want to like I'll keep it really really short and I heard someone actually talking about it once saying they have like a little traffic light system so like red is like just one short answer and that If it's someone that you don't want to talk to, it's not the right time. Amber is, you know, you give them like a bit of the story, and green is, you know, you tell them your whole life story. So I I think like maybe having three options and kind of navigating that on the situation. But I think something decisive, something that maybe doesn't warrant too many other questions. So a lot of people say things like, oh, it's just not serving me at the moment, or I'm just having a break at the moment. I'm not sure for how long, but we'll see how it goes. And I think if you say it really confidently as well, people respect it. I think if you sort of waver and you're like, oh, I'm on antibiotics or they'll be like, okay, what antibiotics? Get the leaflet out. Like, I bet you can drink. Yeah, you can drink with them. It makes it great. Yeah, yeah. They'll be like, oh, my nan had knee surgery last week. She was on them. She can drink. You're like, what? Like, no.
0: I literally had that at a Christmas party. So there was a girl on the table wasn't drinking and she said she wasn't drinking and everyone immediately was like, oh, why? She was like, oh, I'm on antibiotics. Oh, what for? What antibiotics? Yeah. Oh, I'm pretty sure you can drink on them. I was just literally sat there thinking, leave the poor girl alone. Like she might be pregnant. She might just not want to drink. She might have a problem with alcohol. There's so many reasons. Like we we say on the podcast, like don't celebrate weight loss. Don't ask people like how they've lost weight yeah. or whatever. Yeah, like just keep your damn opinions to yourself. It's so weird. I think yeah. the frustrating thing is, is that we feel like we have to come up with a why. And like you said, sometimes like what I want it to be normal that we just be like, oh, you don't. You're not drink. You don't drink or not. not Not even ask the question because... It is normal, isn't it, to just not drink, and it should be.
2: Do you know? I when when people ask me the, the one I do like is when they buffer it and say, "Oh, do you mind? Like, do are you okay to talk about why?" Yeah. Because then at least oh, it nice. gives you a bit of an yeah. option of to be like on, oh, like I'd rather not. Or yeah. so if if you do really want to ask someone, if you are so burning to find <laughs> out why they're not drinking, at least like buffer it with, "Are you happy to talk about it?" And then if they say no, then absolutely leave it.
1: But I think ideally. Just don't ask. Don't ask. But but also as well, I, I do just know that because I'm 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 sitting here picturing one myself saying it, and also people saying it <laughs> to me at some points when someone says, oh, "I'm not drinking tonight." Oh, why not? Oh, I'm. Oh, and you give that answer, either you're red, amber or green. Oh, well, that's stupid. You're a loser. Why are you not doing this? Oh my God, you're such a party people, all of this. And then you get more of that. I know that because I've said it to people um, and people have said it to me always. And and it's easier now, perhaps I'm in my 30s because less and less people are drinking because everyone's got kids and we're not going out as much. But when I was in my 20s, oh my God, it just wasn't even an option. And so I think I'm assuming there's a point where you just have to be like, stop. I'm not drinking yeah. and that's my choice and you and and not maybe being too afraid to just be like just stop it I'm not drinking yeah. full stop you have to disengage at some point, otherwise you'll end
2: up in an argument about how fun you are. Because i be like, <laughs> yeah, I'm fun, but yeah. But like you said, you have to say it confidently. Like mm. you have to just say, look, like I really prefer it if you support me. I think sometimes that is when I just hit people with the like honesty vulnerability card, and I'll just say, look, I, honestly, drinking makes me feel so shit, and I'd really like it if you could support me in that. I think that's, that's what you've got to. But mm. I think it's also realizing that a lot of like they call it like sober shaming comes from people's own projections around alcohol and I know that because I did it I was the worst like if people weren't drinking I was like you know come on you need to drink quicker why is everyone not drinking why are you being so boring and that was mainly because like I didn't want people to see how drunk I was I didn't want to be the only one drunk I couldn't get my head around why no one else was relying on alcohol but I felt like I really really needed it so that all came from me so when you understand that as well that it's just other people's projections when they're being like that you just have to like remember that Or, Mm. or just also be really sarcastic like if people say oh like you know it, it, that must be so boring not drinking, and I'm like, that's weird because only boring people have said that to me.
0: And then like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> Mike drop. You, know, you
2: just have to come back like with something really like quippy. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of routes that you could go down. Oh, yeah sense the tone just go for it sense fun. the tone sometimes if i'm being really mischievous i'll just really wind them up and i'm like you need a drink to have fun that's pretty that's really weird
1: <laughs> i am so stealing that yeah. next time <laughs> um, and just one final thing i wanted to mention just before we wrap up is the additional um part of sober girl society is making friends as an adult, because I'm assuming you, know, you said there's meetups, and I'm sure that there have been friendships that have been made as part of it. That's the case with Go Love Yourself. It's mine and Nora's favorite thing about it. I'm assuming it's probably your favorite thing as well. And I just wanted to know what's coming up next. If people want to get involved, and yeah, tell us about like if there's lovely little friendships. Oh
2: my God, there's always friendship. And do you know what? Even just from an online perspective, and I'm sure you have this too, but like I remember about a year in Sober Girl, we started doing these threads that help people find people in their area, and now I get a regular update from 40 girls in Phoenix arizona that sent me a video every oh, time they wow. have a little brunch Stop. together which is just the loveliest but i mean we should definitely do a go love yourself sober girl city event together and get the I mean, get the communities colliding we definitely let's talk after this and then you can tell me more about my brother and we can come up with
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> hi again james hope you're listening <laughs> no that's amazing we're gonna put all the resources all the links to sober girl society uh, and some of the resources that millie mentioned as well as the link to her fantastic book the sober girl society guidebook in the episode description definitely check her out on instagram your handle is remind everyone at millie gooch or
2: at sober girl society wherever you want to find at james's sister uh jokes <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank
0: you so much millie it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on
1: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. As always, if you want more of us, you can give us a follow over on Instagram at goloveyourselfpod or you can get in touch on email golove at crowdnetwork.co.uk.
0: And we have a fabulous community group over on Facebook. If you didn't already know, just search Go love yourself Community.
1: We release extra episodes of Go Love Yourself every single week and they are excellent. Over on Go Love Yourself Plus, you can become a subscriber for one pound per week. We'll be carrying on the conversation about drinking and sobriety over there and answering one of your dilemmas.
0: You can also listen to Go Love Yourself ad-free on Amazon Music. Thank you so much for listening as always and we will see you next week.